2023 season episode 28 of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney Racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Now, each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news, notes, and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 team's run in the Firekeepers Casino 400 this past weekend, actually this past Sunday and Monday, at Michigan International Speedway. Steve, I th- actually think you should be welcoming me. Yeah, welcome back to Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> welcome, welcoming me to the, this episode of the Team Blade Podcast. Podcast. Yes, as we're in uh, my humble uh, studio here in, in the uh, Boardman, Ohio area, um, Adam and his wife Tara have come north, and uh, we all got to go up to Michigan Speedway on Sunday morning, uh, Adam, Tara, uh, and then our friends Jerry and Kirsten, the Mariottis, uh, the six of us actually went to the event and um, got a little wet, dried off, got a little bit of sun, watched a little bit of racing, almost almost halfway, yep. and, then, and, then, and then we had to come home. Um, actually, Jerry and Kirsten uh, were able to stick around and watch the rest of it. So we got actually got some nice live reports from them, a couple of videos and, and pictures. Yeah, so that was an interesting experience. It was our first time at Michigan. Steve and I and, and, and Tara and then Kate and Steve have been marking off like lots of bucket list tracks or just more tracks they haven't been to before. They've been to Michigan plenty of times. Tara and I had never been to Michigan before. So uh, it wasn't the best experience just because of the weather. Uh, but the staff and everybody there was welcoming, the race fans were welcoming, and um, they tried their best. I think we were like 25 laps short of getting to halfway and calling it a day. Uh, fortunately, like Steve said, we couldn't go back to watch the finish, watched it on TV, um, so that was interesting. Um, we are, um, for the first time, actually doing the, doing like a Facebook Live with this right now. Um, so we talked to some of the folks that were watching there at the time, but said this is only the second time ever... We've done the podcast in person together in the three years that we've been doing this. So um, everything's been done remotely. We usually meet on Zoom, record there, edit it separately, and uh, upload it. So it's kind of exciting to be together again. And the last time we were together uh, was under special circumstances. Yeah, we had, uh, it was the uh, two days after the All-Star Race. Um, we were in the Mooresville uh, area uh, the day after the All-Star Race. So the, we were uh, over uh, somebody's uh area somebody's house they let us uh, record from and uh, it was really nice uh, that uh, we had a chance to do that we we're all recovering from our hangovers the night before uh, <laughs> we got we got invited to the special celebration um, uh, for the million dollars uh, so yeah that uh, that was kind of a cool experience uh, this is kind of nice uh, there like I said the Facebook live they'll you'll be able to see uh, the nice little background we have here we're actually sitting in it real nice and neat and uh, got it behind us so it's kind of a nice little visual um, but if you don't get the, the Facebook Live and you're listening to the podcast, I think the Facebook Live ends up posting yep. at some point as a video. Yeah. So at some point, if you're listening to this and you want to go back, go back to the Team Blaney Facebook page and it should post on there at some somewhere too. So Yeah, so you mentioned the fact that we kind of get everyone else uh, that's watching the video gets to see things behind the scenes. 
Um, this is the first time I actually get to see you go through your notes <laughs> live in person as well. Because uh, folks don't already know, Steve and uh, Kate uh, spend every Sunday watching the race. Steve takes a copious amount of notes as it goes on. Kate's manning social media to kind of give them tips as it's going on. While Meanwhile, in Florida, I'm at home just enjoying the race and <laughs> going on with my day. Because uh, more of my stuff happens on the back end of things after we record. So Steve said they spend so much time, so much dedication into bringing you guys the race reports week to week. So now I get to actually see the, the notebook in person and yeah. see him flip through it. And I don't want to uh, wait, wait any longer. So <laughs> why don't we jump in uh, to the weekend at Michigan, extended weekend at Michigan. And a lot of that's going to start off with uh, practice and qualify. Yeah, what's interesting here is like the notebook that you speak of is really, really going to be kind of abbreviated based on the fact we went to the race. Um, there's so much more data that I'm able to collect when I'm sitting and watching at home because I can pull up the in-car camera. Uh, and listen to the audio um, and actually literally write things down. But when I'm at the track, we try to enjoy the race, try to enjoy ourselves. And so this will be a little more um, black and white, you know, not as, not as much uh, meat as we, as we normally get. But it's still pretty good detail. Um, so Saturday's practice there, Ryan was in Group A, and uh, he was second quick uh, behind the 24 in Group A. Um, and that was his second time on the track, actually. The first time out on the track, he was fastest for a little while. Um, and I came back in, I think it was like after seven or eight laps, came back in. And, uh, you know, of course, everybody does the same thing. They go back out, and you know, they improve a little bit. And sure enough, the second lap he runs in his second time out, he gets himself back up to second quick, uh, right behind that uh, 24. And uh, overall, um, ends up, when they combine the speeds from both Group A and Group B, he ends up uh, sixth quick. Um, Behind the 19, and we're only talking um, 0.122 back of the 19. Yeah, and that's not too bad considering the last couple of weeks, and I think you even mentioned it on last week's episode of the podcast, just saying that it's been a little bit disappointing because the team that you know got so many polls last year and made the top 10 in qualifying so many times last year has been struggling a little bit to break into that top 10 again to be able to go run for the pole. So right off the bat here at Michigan, they're showing speed. And that was exciting because it's finally maybe they at least got past that. Mm-hmm. But we kind of knew that a lot of the Fords and um, the Toyotas especially were running pretty well on these bigger, faster tracks this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with some of that Rouse Yates horsepower they had under the hood. Yeah. Um, so qualifying, uh, Ryan went out 13th in Group A there, and he did hold on to one of the top five spots. Um, so when it comes for the, uh, the pole qualifying there... Um, he ends up ninth. I think it was the, the nine car was the only one that wasn't faster, and uh, the twenty car ends up winning the pole on Saturday. So you know, top ten start starting spot always important and really important for pit selection too. Um, now this isn't Ryan related, but on my way over here, actually, I listened to XM and the NASCAR channel a lot, and this didn't apply to Ryan this week specifically, but it's applied to him before. Um, you have to remember when the A group and B group are done qualifying, all those times are combined together. So the lineup isn't set by everybody in Group A uh, starts on the inside lane, everybody in Group B starts on the outside lane or something like that. And actually they combine all the speeds together because a Kyle Larson fan had called into one of the shows and said, Kyle uh, qualified 6th in his group, but he started 17th. Shouldn't he have started 12th? And they're kind of confused by that, and they didn't understand why that happens. And actually, it's just because the Group B speeds ended up being a lot faster, and he kind of just gets bumped down the board. So if you don't qualify in that top ten, after that, it's straight up by speed, no matter what group you're in. 
Again, we've had to deal with that the last few weeks. Last, with this team. last week for sure. Last week was, but this uh, week we didn't. We didn't have to worry about it. Stay in the top ten. You don't have to worry about it at all. Um, so we get to Sunday. Sunday's race. Uh, they moved up the start time a hair. It was going to be at two thirty exactly instead of uh, like two forty something. And I have to say, you know, Bob and Jeff and you know all those NASCAR uh, reporters were inundated with like, why didn't they move up this start to noon? Could have got this thing going earlier. We're in that parking lot in Brooklyn, Michigan, up there tailgating a little bit. It was pouring <laughs> at yeah. noon. Yeah, noon, so noon the, wasn't working. The earliest this race could have started was maybe 2.15, and they ended up starting at 2.30. So anybody that thinks that it could have started much earlier than that, if you weren't there in person, you, you wouldn't know that it meant we, uh, there was a, a pretty big downpour out there in the parking lot. Yeah, um, so we get uh, stages of 45, 120, and 200. Seven sets of tires, a fuel run of 46 to 50 laps. Uh, to the rear, we had the 7, the 15, the 42. But here's the thing. Pit stall 14 with the 31 in front of him, but it's open behind him. And that, that's what I said. The earlier you get a pit selection, you can find those spots on pit road where you've got an opening either behind you or in front of you, and then, you know, everybody fills in around you. But if you've got an opening behind you, it makes it way easier to come in at whatever angle you need to come in. Uh, competition caution for uh, roughly lap 20. Uh, Adam's favorite, but then time it rains, it's going to yeah, do that. All the rain. Um, so we get to the start, and actually, there was a little bit of a delay, and there was you know the misting, and and the, you know this happens all throughout the, the next hour or two on on Sunday. Um, but uh, we get to start with Bell on the outside, leading from the outside lane. Ryan once again settles into P10, basically in the first lap or two. The restarts are totally wild. That's where a lot of guys try to make their hay. Um, and as we find out with Ryan a couple times during Sunday, um, some people tried to make their hay and didn't do a very good job of it. Um, by lap five, the 19 passes the 20 for second, and the one is leading, I think, at that point. Lap 15, or sorry, lap 13, uh, the 19 passes the one for the lead. So the 19, he was uh, pretty strong early in the race here. By lap 14, um, the eight car crashes, I have written here. Uh, runs out of talent. Yeah, this was an interesting incident here. Uh, because the, in the actually the eight spotter tried to clarify what he said on the radio on Twitter, uh, formerly known as Twitter, um, because they, what they broadcast on the MRN radio that we're listening to at the track and on TV, I guess, he said, oh, the 12 came down on you, you know, he's been doing that, you know, all race or something like that, and like, you know, the crew chief agrees, and Kyle is basically saying uh, the fact that, you know, he thought Ryan wrecked him. So... I I mean I watched the replay several several times. I watched it on the big screen at the track. To me, it, much similar to what an incident that's going to happen a little bit later in this race that luckily doesn't wreck any cars. It just seemed to me like the eight dove way down into the turn, tried to make the pass, and that was very hard to do uh, at this track. Getting kind of washed up a little bit into the twelve. I thought I mean I mean they're kind of kind of going for the same real estate a little bit, but the bottom car still. I mean if you're not going to make that pass, you got to. You got a bail, and he did it. And it's not the first time the eight car has backed it into the wall of the track this year. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah he, he was on the outside of it, and he wiggled. He lost air, and you know. And later on, with Ryan's situation with Corey, Ryan ends up on the outside, but holds on to it. So it's just one of those things. You lose the air for the car. You you either have to bail on on what you're trying to do, or if you keep your foot in it, which I think Kyle. That's the problem. Kyle kept his foot in it, and uh, he spun he spun himself out. Really, it comes down to that because you have to know that you 
you know, not going to overtake, especially, like I said, unless you really, really had a, a, a fast, fast car, and there were only a couple cars that were that fast, um, you weren't going to make that pass on the outside. Um, so we get um, here, the competition caution actually comes at this point a little early. 11 cars stay out, the 19, the 17, the 54, 23, the 9, the 12, the 99, the 45, 2, 6, 41. And the reason I bring these things up is this is the, all of a sudden, um, alternate strategies. Um, certain cars get on one type of pit strategy um, where their fuel is going to be different and, and tire wear and so forth. And it gives them an opportunity to do something a little different later on. So it kind of splits the field up a little bit early in the race. Sometimes these strategies come back together. Um, on this day, they kind of stayed the way they were. And, they, and this is the group that Ryan ends up with near the end of the race. Um, the restart lap 20, uh, the 19 leads, Ryan's up to 6th. And he gets himself up to 5th within the first lap there. Uh, and then at lap 34, the 9 car has this tire issue. Now we got cars staying out. We got the 19, the 54, the 23, the 99, the 6, the 5, the 7, the 47, the 31. Um, so Ryan does pit at this point. And this, once again, this will make it so that later on he doesn't have to take as much fuel. And a part of this, um, this is a four-tire stop. It's 10.144, which is pretty fast. Yep. Almost, almost sub-10. Uh, but part of this is, believe it or not, they think they may be racing to the rain. Uh, here are a couple things on the, on the spotter channel, uh, especially at the beginning of the second stage, where they think that it, they might get to lap 100 and then have it rain. So some of this is, you know, dealing with the possibility of, of you know, making it to halfway. Um, restart lap 39, Ryan's at in 15th. By lap 45, the 19 wins the stage, Ryan's in 16th. Um, you know, they come to pit here, and the 47 takes no tires on his pit stop. Ryan stays out. Okay, so they pitted a little earlier. Now they're going to stay out and, and get in the group with some different cars here. Uh, lap 50, the 48 takes the lead to the restart here, and then at lap 42, uh, I'm sorry, lap the next lap, the 42 spins in turn four. Ryan's up to fifth. Um, so now we get a restart at lap 55 with the 48 leading, and a caution at lap 64 with the 20 spinning out. Lots of natural cautions in this race, and I can't remember what it was like last year. Uh, which I think there probably was still a decent amount, but it was funny. I think Chris Rice from Colleague Racing was, was putting out like a contest asking people uh, to guess whether there would be a natural caution in the first stage or not, or, there, or whether there would or there wouldn't. And there was plenty then and then plenty now as we start into the second stage. And the cars, they said, were just kind of on edge. We talked a little bit about people putting other people in bad aero positions. Um, so it's just an example of that happening once again, and we see it, and honestly, I think it's good to have natural cautions and not only just stopping at stage breaks. Yeah, and this, this one with the 20, he, he was trying to pass the 48. This is, yeah. He was another one with an arrow thing here. Um, the one was the lead at the time. Ryan was up to fifth. Uh, we get a two-tire stop here, 5.206 seconds. Um, the Penske uh, puts this up on, on uh, line. It's a really cool thing to watch because they film it from that open box that they had behind them. They were kind of like leaning out. Yeah. And they show the guys run, you know, run over to that right side and get it done. Uh, and man, it was, it was a great uh, two-tire stop here. One um, thing I wanted to bring up on this subject about this two-tire stop thing—if you guys remember back a few races ago, the 12 team had an issue where they tried to do a two-tire stop at the end of a race, and Ryan actually ran over the hose um, for front tire changer Ryan Flores. Um, on the radio communication for this race specifically, Jonathan came over the radio and said, "You're going on the changer." So 
they talked about after that race, when they had that incident, that they're going to clean up their communication and make sure everybody is on the same page when it comes to a two-tire stop like this to know, do I go on the jack? Do I go on the crew chief? Do I wait until the tire changer is across? It sounds like they've settled on, you wait until you see that tire changer go across, and that's what happened. He went ran across, Ryan shoots out of the box, and they had a really great stop. And actually, watch the video carefully as, uh, as he runs. He doesn't just run right around the front of the nose. He runs out away from the car and across at an angle so that basically Ryan could turn right and go around him if he had to. It's kind of an interesting little piece of choreography that I don't know if anybody picked up on or not, but he doesn't run right around the front of the nose of the car. No, he runs out in front of the car at an angle back toward pit wall at like a 45 degree angle. So when Ryan goes to pull out, he can pull out and just barely miss him with the left hand side of the car if need be. Uh, making a right. So it's a really kind of cool thing to, to look at if you can find that video. I think you, you actually retweeted yeah, it. I think so, so. Yeah. So um, the restarts a lap 68 uh, from P5 here. The next few laps uh, is <laughs> when the LaJoy incident happens. So, um, you know, we are racing with him and Corey is on the inside and he dive bombs it in, into three and four and he didn't. He did not do a very good arc. <laughs> no, and it looks like he. I mean, he mentioned in his. I mean, he did several. He did you know interviews at the track, interviews on TV, interviews on the radio. Um, he mentioned that he got loose. He did get loose kind of for a second, but it just didn't seem like he wasn't going to make the corner. And you know, Ryan probably you know thought he had the position to begin with, which he did. And in Ryan's post race interviews, he said you know he thought Lejoy just dove it in there way hard with mm-hmm. no chance. To make it at all, and um, I mean, I, I feel like you know, Steve and I both listen to his podcast. I feel like we like Corey. We like the work that he's put in. Um, my thing was, it's just, I just, and he mentioned this when he was leading the race at Atlanta last year. Like, I feel like he just doesn't have enough experience running up front yet to know what kind of risks to take and when and at what time and around what guys you can do it. Uh, against and it just it just seems like he needs to learn a little bit more about that and get a little bit more comfortable running up front, which he's going to need to because every year the Spire Motorsports team has been incrementally getting better. And honestly, I mean, he wasn't necessarily up front on all just on strategy. They had a pretty decent car that kind of got him up there. And I just think he was a little bit desperate. He, he was up front and he wanted to stay up front because, as the drivers will say, no matter what track it is it's so hard to pass in these cars mm-hmm. so aero dependent it's hard to get around people and he just doesn't want to give up that track position but instead they end up giving up like 10 spots they they play the yeah. inter- the main interview they play um the main one they show right off the bat is the one where he makes a joke about the kickball um there's a secondary interview where they show the whole interview and they give you the end of the interview and as you listen to the last 30 seconds of it it's like a minute minute and a half long it's on nascar's uh youtube page um if you listen to the whole interview, he really literally uh, apologizes. Without saying, I'm sorry, he apologizes for what he did. He knows he was in the wrong, um, but these guys are never going to say, I'm wrong. You know, they won't come out and say that. Um, but he, he, he knows that he did something he shouldn't have tried to do. Um, one thing I said about the arrow thing is Ryan in this situation was on the outside, and he was able to control his arrow situation and not spin out. Which, you know, luckily, you know, he had to back off to do it, though, once again. So in a, another post-race interview, Corey calls into what's normally the post-race show that Claire B. Lang hosts on XM. 
called into there and they rehashed the whole thing once again. And he says on there, and I don't know if he said this on at the at track interview as well or anything else he did on TV. He said that Ryan Blaney um, like makes his money or makes his money by putting people in bad aero spots. Like when you're. I, I get the sense a lot of times that Ryan's always on the short end of the stick yeah. when it comes to these things. Yeah, I, I, that's funny to hear that. I mean, that's super. He thinks that, but uh, maybe we don't see it. We yeah. don't see every pass that's happening throughout the field. But maybe uh, I tend to think that Ryan gets taken advantage of more than he takes advantage of other people. So yeah, I, some of these restarts, uh, you know, were totally wild, and it's because they didn't have enough mechanical grip. Um, you know, and he had to lose a spot or two and then try to gain it back. You know, so I I don't know. What Corey's saying there, um, but Corey actually is the you know who came up into him in a way that yeah. sure he put he put Ryan in the bad arrow spot there actually. So now one other thing to mention, you just said this: the spotters are telling these drivers that they might be racing to halfway, halfway, and this isn't that far off from when this race gets halted in the yeah. first place. So can't again does that change your outlook on this incident honestly i think we're giving it too much time because yeah. we just keep I, I keep bringing up more things but yeah. um they were getting aggressive at this point because who knows you know they were, he just wants to get a good finish at this point and they yeah. were running toward the top 10 they were yeah they were like eighth ninth ninth tenth back in that area and um you know this this causes ryan to run uh, all the way back to 16th and um yeah at that point uh, the, you know, it makes me wonder about those four or five spots where they would yeah. be down the line at the end of the race if they had had them. So, uh, but lap seventy four, we get the caution for the rain, and um, you know we're at the track, and we know that we have to go back <laughs> to yeah. work on Monday. We didn't really plan for the extra day. Uh, Jerry and Kirsten actually, or the Mariottis, were able to stick around, which is awesome. We tried to stay. We stayed uh, until it, it stopped raining. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, this might look good. And then it downpoured, and I'm like, all right, we're going home. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's about like a four-hour drive to get there. Yeah. Um, so we already talked about it. We didn't go back, but lucky uh, Jerry and Kirsten did get to go back and see it. But we were heading for the exits with several other people and uh, getting a little wet and muddy and uh, <laughs> trying to navigate our way out of that parking lot. But during that uh, delay before they canceled and postponed to the next day, all they kept showing was Ryan and Corey don't have to bring this up again. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan and Corey talking yeah. on pit road. Yeah. Because they actually got out of their cars and they got to chat about it. And they talked for a long time. Actually separated. And then came back together again. Talked some more. They look pretty civil. And then they interview Corey on on the track uh, Jumbotron. And so he got to talk about it there. Uh, I believe they said that Ryan, uh, USA, NBC, approached him to do an interview. He declined. Kim Toon walked up to him, yeah. actually. Kim, Kim walked up to him. They've got a good relationship, yeah. obviously. And I think he just kind of like told him, nah, let's yeah, not, not, let's right not go now. there. Yeah, They got a whole other yeah, rest, whole, of the race rest of the race around. And the truth is, is he also knows that Corey's got the podcast and he doesn't. <laughs> so Corey's going to get the last word this week on his podcast. Although, Ryan, you know, if Corey says something that ticks you off and you want to come on our podcast again, <laughs> you're more than more than welcome to come back on here and we'll straighten Corey out from this angle. You know, So at this point, we're postponed until Monday at noon, noon. is what they were shooting for. Forecast didn't honestly look great, and it does get delayed a little bit longer. They went to twelve thirty, and then I think twelve forty-five ish is probably around the time they they kick things off. But they did get a break in the radar. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching the radar from you know in, in Ohio and kind of watching and see what's happening in Michigan, and I'm like, they're going to get this thing in, and 
You know what they do? They only had um, 125 laps to go. Yeah, so um, what's interesting about it is they do fire them up, they get out there, but they don't actually end up restarting to lap 82. Yeah. So they run like, you know, another seven or eight laps under caution uh, because a couple times they were going to go green and then they called it off. Then they were going to go green <laughs> and they called it off because they were getting missed on the uh, pace, uh, pace truck. So um, we got the 19 leading here at this restart, lap 82. Ryan up to 11th because a couple cars did pit. Now this, you're talking about fuel strategy, this actually kind of changes things again. It's almost like restarting the day, where the folks that pitted here later on in the race aren't going to have to wait on fuel in their final pit stop, and this is going to come into play. So Ryan stays out, which means in his final pit stop they are going to have to wait a little bit longer than maybe some other people. But what this strategy call did do was it took him from 16th or 17th on the grid mm -hmm. because of that incident with LaJoy, moved him back up towards the top 10. Yeah, so I think that the risk-reward there was definitely worth it. Worth it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the 45, 48, the 5, the 3, the 54, 7, 47 do pit there. Uh, lap 83, the 23 takes the lead. Lap 99, the 19 takes the lead from the 23. Ryan, like, is running 11th about this, you know, like I said, 11th, 10th, 10th, 11th. Um, lap 102, we get caution for the 41, who had a tire go down. Um, Ryan does a four-tire stop here, 10.377, really good. Um, now, he comes out 14th. Now, like I said, some cars stayed out here. So he went in 11th, come out 14th, but, you know, three or four cars actually stayed out. So he really didn't lose ground on the yep. pit stop itself. Uh, it came, came to, you know, everybody on different strategies. Uh, we restart lap 107. Um... Ryan runs about 12th or 13th through this restart, and then at lap 120, the, the 19 wins the stage, and Ryan ends up by 14th here um, so, for stage two. So no stage points in either yeah. stage. Which that's going to come up when we go over what the, the standings are after this week. Yeah. So unfortunately, last few weeks here, they haven't really picked up any stage points, so that's not going to do much to keep them in their position in the top 10. So. So at this stage break here, the 17, the 45, the 12, the 4, the 10, the 38, the 34 stay out. Uh, we get our restart at lap 126. Ryan is up to third on this restart, and we get a caution for the 48. Rough day for Hendrick Motorsports. We've already had the 9 back it into the fence. Now the 48, 48 gets caught up in a crash. I think that was kind of happening in front of him. Mm -hmm. um, the 5 until the end wasn't really running that great, so... Um, Rough day for them. So if you think, you know, Team Penske has its struggles, you know, I, th I feel like Hendrick the last few weeks has, has been on the struggle bus, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, you know, those who wanted to exchange pit teams, uh, the 24 car has, I mean, sorry, the 22 car has a 20-some second pit stop yeah. uh, in this race. So and that's and that's where the 22 went. The 22 speed was pretty good during the day, too, really. But um, So at lap 133 restart with the 17 now leading and Ryan in third. And by lap uh, 149, Ryan's running fifth. Um, and then we start some green flag pit stops. And like Adam said here, during this, um, you're going to see some guys who are in one strategy, able to do things a little quicker than other guys. And then meshing back in where you mesh back in, you know, it's going to be different depending. Um, lap 159 to 45 had just pitted, and he has a tire issue. Luckily, he's able to get back in there without a caution. And the thing to note about him, he was running up front, he was challenging for the lead before this. When he made his pit stop and came out, he actually met, you know, ended up getting ahead to where he probably is going to be leading this race, mm -hmm. but has an issue here with another wheel loose on this car. And this isn't new. Now, last week they had an issue on pit road, but it was the driver who missed the commitment cone. 
Um, but this isn't the first loose wheel that this 45 team has had this year, and that's that's unfortunate. This is something interesting that you, we, we'd actually talked about before we recorded, and that is that uh, you were saying the, when the jack is dropped, if the wheel nut is not tight, you can't tighten it. Yeah, if that wheel is sitting on, if the car is sitting on the ground and that uh, changer tries to tighten the lug, it's not going to tighten with the design of this lug nut. I don't know the exact reason why, but I know, I know it can't. So he actually did signal to the jackman to bring the car back up again. The jackman went to go do it, but then the changer tried to tighten it one more time and ran around the car. So the jackman was kind of confused, it looked like, um, ended up just going back around the car. So it did slow their stop down. But, yeah, they just did not get that rear wheel tightened. And the 45 almost lost it out there on the track, but Reddick is very good. He saved the car, mm-hmm. got it back down to pit road, was extremely angry and upset on the radio, which I would say he has a right to be, even though he did make his own mistake last week. But mm-hmm. they've been put in this position several times this year um, that have pretty much taken him away. I mean, the Toyotas were very fast today, and he was one of them. And, yeah. But his race is essentially over at that point. Um, something really cool happens in the next lap. Um, at lap 160, Ryan comes into pit, and as they do, they lead the race. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they stayed out, stayed out long enough. Long enough and, um, led the lap, and then come down and got four tires and fuel. And uh, this is, I got it at 12.5 seconds. Like I said, it's a little bit longer stop. Um, they're going on, on the jack, and the jack is waiting for the fuel. So um, they were trying to make it to the end of the race, plus any kind of situation where you're going to have green-white checkers and so forth. So... Team, uh, Team Penske, as you mentioned, some of the other stops they filmed and put on their social media channels, they did it with this one, and that's kind of where I could confirm that mm-hmm. they did wait on fuel. Mm-hmm. After they come out, Ryan kind of, I don't want to say complains, he asks, like, why am I mm-hmm. in this position? And uh, Josh just tells him it has to do with the way other people are pitting, and Ryan goes, no, I made a bad approach to pit road. Pit, pit, pit road yeah. But also the waiting on fuel also kind of put him behind a, a little bit. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that, and I didn't write that in the notes. I'm glad you remembered that, um, because if we did hear it on the radio, um, you know, so he, he believes that he may have lost a second or two um, in his approach to pit road. And, um, you know, you don't always hear about that. Most of the times, drivers don't even say anything. Um, you know, Ryan pretty much admitted, you know, to, on the radio, like, we heard it. Um, so, you know, it might only be a second, but then again, once again, like I said, how they blend back in, uh, knowing you got to wait on fuel, uh, you know, it, it lost a couple positions, um, but uh, by lap 181, the green flag has cycled through, and uh, 17 is back to the lead here, Ryan is in eighth, uh, so he did lose a couple spots, um, but like I said, it could have been that, could have been a combination of that, and a couple of cars, like the six car, you know, may have had to take less fuel, you know, so. Several, and I'm sorry if I jump ahead here, okay. you might be mentioning it, but there are several guys that run long here, mm-hmm. the five, the 99, the six, and maybe a couple others. This is going to impact the finish of this race because some people are going to come and some people are going to go, and uh, they end up with some of them end up with pretty good finishes by staying out long. And I thought it was interesting that you know we our social channels we get you know positive comments and negative comments, and one of the the negative comments that I saw was uh, you know why do we always do this strategy that where we just wait so long and staying out there it never works out. And I'm like well. Uh, and name was able to name four or five cars that they did that this race, and they got a top ten, it, it top worked. five finish. Yeah, it works. So, so it can work. You know, um, it's hit and miss. You know, you make a strategy call, and you know, nine times out of ten, it works. Uh, what happens if a caution falls at the wrong time? You know, what happens if the caution call falls at the right time? You know, so you, you have to try to do something a little different than some other people. And there were there was like about three different types of strategies out there this weekend, and you saw. 
Uh, they kind of some of them came back together a little bit, and some didn't. And um, I mentioned earlier, if Hassler does not make that decision after they come back on Monday to stay out to get that track position back after the incident with the joy, I don't think Ryan is racing in the top ten as easily as he was at the mm-hmm. end of this race. Yeah, so you know he made a good move to get him back up there. Um, lap uh, 187 through 194, we got a 17 and a 19 bagging for the lead. Uh, Ryan is in ninth at this point, behind the four. The four was able to pass him. Um, the rest of the race, I'm, I'm watching. Uh, the, I was able to watch some of it um, uh, at the in-car camera, and Ryan tries to get to the four. Yeah, know, the last bunch of laps. They were seemed like they were pretty they close. They battled pretty good there to the end, uh, but 17 does win, and uh, Ryan does end up finishing uh, ninth, which is a great top ten. Um, you know, a little bit better, a better week this week than than last week. So. So, I mean, one positive of the weekend, Fords were strong. Um, Roush Fenway Keselowski racing first back-to-back wins since Carl Edwards in 2010. So, if you remember, Chris Buescher won the race at Richmond. Everyone, you know, not everyone, but, you know, people were generally happy for the guy. He's a hard worker. He's a guy that worked in the fab shop at Roush Racing for a while to try to earn his keep. Um Keselowski keeps him on, even though people thought maybe they'd dump him and he'd get a you know a bigger name driver or something like that. And he ends up being the guy that puts uh, that team back in victory lane three times now in the last two years. So kudos to them; they found something. Um, there's been a lot of discussion in our Discord chat and on other social media sites about who's the best Ford team right now. People already kind of write off SHR because Harvick's really the only high-performing team there. So I kind of went through the stats. And at first I thought, there's no way that RFK has been outdriving Team Penske. And it turns out they haven't, but they're pretty neck and neck. This was Chris Buescher's fifth top five, tenth top ten, uh, second win of the year. Ryan is sitting at, with Penske, sitting at one win, four top fives, and, ten, and 11 top tens. Um, Brad Keselowski is sitting at five top fives and ten top tens, no wins. Joey's sitting at one win, I think like 11 top fives, and or not 11 top fives, like six top fives and 11 or 12 top tens as well. So they're kind of neck and neck here, and uh, they're even on wins <laughs> as, as organizations go. Yeah. So I don't know that there's necessarily a front runner, but it's just kind of funny to see a lot of fans, you know, Ryan gets a top 10 finish, I think kind of, you know, resolving or solving or, you know, bouncing back from what happened early in the race, and I was kind of okay with that finish. But, you you know, the people that want that instant gratification are like, oh, he needs to be in a third car at, at RFK next year. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Both of the teams right now are are operating at about the same level, and uh, Logano is kind of a little bit, has a, you know, a little bit of advantage over everybody, but I think it's a little bit too early to jump the gun on that. Yeah. And I'm just saying it's great. It's good. You know, this is a legacy team over there at Roush. It's had many names over the years. Um, I'm not going to be sad about them running well. I think that's good, and they're a Ford partner, and maybe Ford will put a little bit of pressure on them to maybe share some information as to what they might have found over the last several weeks when it comes to speed. You know, um, the thing is, is the next couple of weeks, you know, the end of the regular season is the end of the regular season, um, but uh, certain teams hit on certain things at certain tracks sometimes, you know. The last two weeks, the RFK car has been really good. Um Look at Penske at Phoenix. At Phoenix, and that's what I was going to bring up. Penske at Phoenix, you know, last year, um, the best two cars finished one-two, you know, and actually could have been the other way around. Um, they were that both that fast. So, you know, hitting at the right, hitting at the right thing at the right track is very important. Um, these guys now, especially RFK, will be 
I think both guys are going to make the playoffs. Keselowski's pretty solidly in there. Um, you're going to be looking at those those guys um, working on those last you know six races or so you know down the stretch, trying to make the final eight and then you know make the final race. Uh, final race. So we mentioned earlier the fact that the 12 team did not gain any stage points in this race, so that actually does hurt them when it comes to the overall standings. Did get a pretty decent finish with the ninth place finish. Um, but he does slip another position in the overall point standings to the 10th position. He's now 157 points back of the leader, which is Martin Truex Jr. Last week, I think he sat around 130 back or so, and the week prior to that, 135 back. So he did lose like 20-plus points in this race because some other people around him did gain those points. And, Mar- and Martin gains two stage wins. Yeah. So <laughs> that kind of helps. Yeah, he's kind of he's starting to pull away a, a little bit when it's going to be coming to all the playoff points that he's got from wins, the playoff points that he's getting from winning these stages, and he's finishing up front constantly mm-hmm. and uh, also announced that he's coming back next year. Yeah, so, so everything's coming up Martin right now. <laughs> so uh, that top ten right now, again, Truex is in first, Hamlin's in second, Byron's third, Bell is fourth, man, Bell. He came back. He bounced back for a top 15 finish mm-hmm. after backing into the wall early, earlier in that race. So yeah. uh, kudos to that team. If you want to stay in the championship hunt, that's the kind of a day you have to have when you don't have things go your way. Harvick is in fifth without a win still. Larson is sixth. Chastain is seventh. Keselowski is in eighth. He also doesn't have a win. Uh, Bush, Kyle Bush is in ninth, and Ryan rounds out that top ten. Again, 157 points back of your leader. And... Um, that brings us to our next week, but before we do that, because I know we like to chat about who we're going to pick in fantasy, but why don't we recap fantasy? Yeah. Even though after I had a couple of good weeks in a row here, didn't have that great of a fantasy result when it came to the race at Michigan International Speedway, and I'm going to go ahead and take a look at who I had in my starting lineup, and that's going to be... I had Ryan Blaney, so I actually had Blaney in the garage, mm. but I swapped him for Kyle Bush after <laughs> that incident happened. Nice, nice move. So, one, uh, thank you to Michigan for partnering with, I think, Verizon this week, because the Wi-Fi was actually pretty decent. Yeah. So I was able to make my swap because of that and being at the track. So uh, kudos to them. So I started Orion. He got me 28 points. I got Logano. He got me 27 points. Christopher Bell rallied there, got me 24 points. My big points getter of the week was Hamlin with 37, but then I also had William Byron. We mentioned the struggles for uh, Hendrick Motorsports. Byron also had an incident that kind of took him out of contention and eventually out of the race. So he only gained me two points. Um, featured matchups, I picked Suarez over Busher. That was wrong. I picked Blaney over Harvick. That was wrong. I picked Jones over Burton. That was right. I picked Kyle Busch over Byron. And that was unfortunately wrong. So we're going to try to pull up yeah, mine real quick here. Steve's lineup here. Just go down a bit, uh, one or two spots there. There you go. Yeah, so let's see what Steve had in this race. I think you could double click it. There we go. There it okay. Oh. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't, honestly, you didn't have that bad. That so bad. Yeah, right. I had uh, Bubba Wallace, uh, Martin Truex, Busher, Logano, and Bell. And I had Kyle Busch in the starting lineup and swapped him out actually for, I believe it was Bell. Um, so, you know, it's pretty good stage points out of some of those guys. Um, I had Busher over Suarez. And man, that Ryan Kevin thing. I had Ryan over <laughs> Kevin in one spot. He gets yeah, that one, one spot, spot. That's ten more points. And uh, you know, uh, Jones over uh, yeah Burton there. And then um, yeah, I had Kyle Busch over Byron. Yeah. <laughs> and they both crashed out. Yeah. So it's like thirty fifth and thirty seventh. Yeah, yeah. Ouch. So we both kind of struggled in the featured matchups. You did definitely did a little bit better than me. 
when it came to the overall points from your starters. So let's take a look at our top 10 in points earned this past week at Michigan. Um, I'm going to mention you as a consolation here. You ended up with 11, tied for 11th, so yeah. you didn't crack into the top 10 there, but you had a pretty decent day. I know I was back there like in the 30s or 40s or something crazy <laughs> like that. Um, so let's take a look at that top 10 again and points earned for this race at Michigan International Speedway <coughs> for the Team Blade and NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Tied for 9th, we have Doug QC, that's a new name, and JD Racing with 206 points. In 8th, we have Blaring Idiots with 207 points. In 6th, we have a tie. Front Row John and Blaney or Bust with 208 points. In 5th, we have Cool Guy 2K with 215 points. 4th, Supermod 216. 3rd, Whip Wilson. I think that's another new one. 217 points. 2nd, Colleague Fan 1610, 221 points. In the winner this week in points earned at Michigan International Speedway, Montana 12 Fan, 228 points. Now it's time to take a look at the overall standings in the Team Blade and NASCAR Fantasy Live League. And honestly, I don't even want to uh, take a look at where I'm at. I'm usually in the 40s, uh, but I have a pretty decent feeling, Steve, that you are still at least probably in the top 15. Yeah, so let's scroll down a little bit and see where you're at. And that is 12th. 12th. Not too bad. Uh, you're making your way back up. I think you were 15th last week. Mm -hmm. So... Top 10 now in overall point standings on the Team Blade NASCAR, NASCAR Fantasy Live League. We have Fike 21, 4,351 points. Ninth, Penske Fan 24, 4,352. Eighth, JD Racing, 4,353. Seventh, Alyssa C, 4,380. In sixth, we have Go Larson, 4,417. In fifth, we have Blaney's Daisy, 4,418. In fourth, Eric D. 15, 4,423. Third, Christian Dana, 4,432. Blaring Idiots in second position, 4,433. And still leading the way in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League in the first position in the overall standings, Factory of Sadness 6 with 4,529 points. Just uh, one little thing before we wrap up last week totally. Um, the sponsor, of course, was Menards with, uh, how do you say it? Knopf, <laughs> K-N-A-U-F-F, -F, insulation on the hood? Something like that. Um, the hood. They're actually really good sponsor. <laughs> right over my shoulder here. Yeah. Um, extremely good sponsor <laughs> as far as like activating with uh, with the fans. Um, and they did a uh, Instagram thing where they were giving away signed autograph hats. Their hats, when you look real close, are fabulous looking hats. It's black. Yep. It's got the blue. Uh, they've got that blue emblem for their logo like, like it was on the hood. There's the three colors of the um, NASCAR colors on the side of the brim, real small, um, and they were autographed. And um, you know, anytime you, you get a chance on Instagram, all it is is real simple. It's follow them, uh, tweet something they want you to not tweet, but uh, post something, and then add somebody else on Instagram who's a fan. And I think I, I always do your wife because she's I know she's on Instagram, and yep. I think she always does me. And uh, good news, uh, we both won. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, because we need some of that protection the next time we go to a race there to, to keep the sun out of our eyes. So yeah. thank you to them. And like Steve says, a lot of Ryan sponsors go ahead and do that. And we have some, some assistance here. I think Knopf. Yeah, Knopf Insulation. Uh, uh, Tyler Perney. Thank you, Tyler. Knopf. Uh, That's how they say it. Uh, so that's really cool. I, I don't know, always know how to say it, but... Uh, they're very interactive. Like I said, they you know they message me back to you know get the address. I message them back. They message me back again. You know they they're not just like, oh okay here it is and that's that. Um, you know, pretty interactive with the fans. Pretty good sponsor on that car. 
uh, the couple times they're on there every year. So we just have three races remaining in the NASCAR Cup Series regular season. Two of them are going to happen at road courses, and then the last one is going to be on the big track in Daytona. Uh, but that brings us to this week, and we're heading back to Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course, though. Um, and the action is going to kick off, and actually, so the, the whole weekend is split a little bit because the Arkham Menard Series and the NASCAR Truck Series are actually at, Luke, if it's still Lucas Oil, Indianapolis Raceway Park. Mm-hmm. Most people would just know it as IRP. They're going back there again. I think this is the second time uh, in the last couple of years where they're going there with the Truck Series. It was a really great race last year, so I'm glad to see them there. So the weekend actually kind of kicks off there. This is actually the first race of the playoffs. That's true. For the for Truck them. Series, too. So. Um, tune in uh, Friday night for that. Uh, you know, Josh will be uh, uh, running with uh, Zane and spotting for Zane on Friday night as they start to defend the title. Yeah, so if you want to tune into that race, it's at 9 p.m. Eastern Time this Friday, August 11th, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series T Sport 200 at Indianapolis Raceway Park. You can watch that on FS1. Then let's switch over to Saturday, August 12th. 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, the NASCAR Cup Series qualifying on NBC Sports app. So looks like it might not be on TV. It's one of those opportunities where you might have to watch it on, on streaming instead. I've, I've got the app. 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the NASCAR Xfinity Series Pennzoil 150 on the Indianapolis Road Course. You can catch that on the USA Network. And we don't have it listed there, but the Indy cars are racing this weekend also, right? So they'd probably be before that, I believe, Saturday afternoon? Yeah, before the Xfinity Series. Yeah, right? so... And then Sunday, August 13th, that's when the big race of the Cup Series happens. 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the NASCAR Cup Series Verizon 200 at the Indianapolis Road Course. You can watch that on the main network, NBC. So you mentioned the IndyCars. They've already announced that this weekend, next year, they're not going to be there. They're going to be at the Milwaukee Mile. They're actually going back there for the first time, adding another oval track to their series schedule, which is awesome, I think. But that also... Paired with the fact that the Cup Series is going to be holding a practice on Monday and Tuesday on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Oval, put all this together to say this might be the last year for a while that Cup, the Cup Series runs on the Indianapolis Road Course. And I know you've attended this race. Mm-hmm. How, what are your thoughts on that? I think that they're doing something this weekend that they should have done two weekends ago, or two years ago. And if they had done it two years ago, it would have changed how everybody feels about this track and about the racing there. And what I'm saying is that they are going to move the restart zone uh, this weekend, like they did at Chicago, Chicago's road course, or street course. They're going to move the restart zone, and from what I understand, just talking to uh, Josh about it today, they're going to move it to before they come on to the front stretch. So now, instead of everybody balling up, getting six wide going into turn one, now they're going to be spread out not going to be able to lean on each other because they will be a little more spread out and more likely to spin out if they try to lean on somebody. And you are actually going to see racing into turn one now. These last two years, it's been a debacle. Yeah. A debacle of people just just crapping on each other, I don't know how else to put it, into turn one. And um, it made it really, really ugly. Except for those who love chaos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but we don't love chaos because our guy was running in the front. Uh, the last two years at different different points and times and could have had a top five finish if it wasn't for these knuckleheads going six wide and leaning on three other cars going into turn one. Um, and why I say it's two years too late, if they would have done this type of thing two years ago and we didn't see all these incidents, um, people would probably think different of the racing because the racing itself, once they get racing, is pretty good. And, uh, you know, last year Ryan, like, uh, Ryan runs 
close to leading the race. He did a uh, fuel-only pit stop. Uh, there's a little bit of a glitch on the pit stop itself, um, but it, it, they, you know, if the glitch didn't happen, the, the car stalled. But if the, the glitch didn't happen, they would have come out in front. If they come out in front, then they control those restarts. Uh, but he ended up coming out like second or third, which, once again, if, if it's a normal restart at any other normal track, he might have been racing the leader for, for the, you know, for the rest of the race. Instead, he gets, you know, bulldozed by a bunch of guys who put plows on the front of their cars, because uh, that's the only way they know how to race. So, um, this year, I can't wait to see what happens. Um, if the tire testing and whatever they do on Monday, Tuesday goes, well, that's great, because... If they can make it so it's racing next year, that's fine. Yeah. The, the problem they've had they had for years and years and years, and the reason they didn't they went away from racing uh, the oval was the racing was bad. Yeah. Um, you know, we had to, one race years and years ago where Goodyear brought a tire that was crap and ended up having to call, call caution every ten laps. Um, but they they couldn't get side by side. Um, it was momentum type things. If you've got good momentum and good run, then you could pass somebody, and that was it. Um, so if they can figure out how to keep that kind of stuff from happening, keep the, get the tires underneath them they need to have, but still have decent tire wear and have some racing, uh, more, you know, more power to it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, so again, if you want to catch this race, Sunday, August 13th, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the NASCAR Cup Series of Horizon 200 at the Indianapolis Road Course. You can watch all that on NBC. Lots of uh, interesting people that have entered this race. We have the return of Shane Van Gisbergen. He's going to be back in the car. We have another, I forget the name, Australian Supercars driver that's actually higher in points than Shane that's going to be running in the 33 car for Richard Childress Chilis. Racing. Yeah. Um, there's a, a sports car driver that's also going to be entered in the field. I forget which with which team at this point. Um, you have uh, Mike Rockefeller that's going to run in place of Noah Gregson, who's on an indefinite suspension from his uh, team Legacy Motor Club and NASCAR as well. So there's like a lot of these road course ringer type folks that are going to be racing in this race in Indianapolis. It worked really great for SVG on the, the street course in Chicago, combined spaces, there was some wet weather in the area, and he kind of drove back through the field and kind of stomped everybody, stole that victory away from the cup regulars. Uh, Indy road course is going to be a lot different than that street course was in Chicago, but people are going to be watching really closely as to what these kind of interlopers are going to be able to do. So when it comes to fantasy or picking who you might think run well uh, or win this race, are any of those guys kind of piquing your interest or no? You know, it's interesting because they've changed the, um, you know, not only changing the restart, but they've changed it where the stages, um, there won't be a caution at the stage breaks. Yep. So you're going to get, the strategy is going to be way different now. And you've got the 16, the 34, and the 9, who definitely all three need to win a race. The only way any of those three cars get to the thing now are winning a race. Um, the, the 23 has done a good job, distanced himself from the cut line. The 54 is now above the cut line. And the 54 actually will probably run a pretty good road course race yep. and get a lot of stage points. So and The 99 is only five back of the cut line right now. As yeah, well. and he's another one that, you know, stage points. Won at Sonoma a year ago. Right. Could put himself right back up into the mix. Um, that's that's an interesting thing. The 54 and the 99 are two to watch this weekend as far as like battling for points and stage points and, and the finish uh, because one could pass the other pretty easily. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of good good situations there um, to uh, to watch. Um, yeah, I think SVG might be somebody that I at least put in the garage. I'm just not sure. I honestly didn't want him to do that. I know he's 
most likely going to come and probably run a third track house car in 2024 full time. That seems to be the way it's leaning. He wants to come run full-time NASCAR racing. But if he was just going to keep the Chicago thing as a one-off, I wish he would have just walked off into the sunset. Yeah. Because if he if he crashes out immediately, it's like, oh, man, it just taints that, <laughs> that whole thing, I think. Because you just want to kind of see him just come in, win, and then walk off into the sunset and never see him again. Friday night, uh, tune into the truck race. That's right. First double start, he's right? Gonna, he's going to run the truck race. So let's see what he does with the truck series. Um, which is going to be with Nice Motorsports, which is the team that uh, Ross Chastain came up through, who Carson Hosovar, who has three wins on the season, drives for. So it's going to be in quality equipment. Mm-hmm. First oval race for SVG, though. Yeah, so let's see what he does with that. Um, you know, so, yeah, I... I you know, I think that the I just it's the nine car. I just have this feeling because the draw they always will draw the drama to the nine. He's car. gonna win. I, he's gonna win a race. He might two, even win a Daytona. The next two weeks, the next three weeks. Yeah, I mean he he can win any one of the next three races. Put himself in, and I'm sure that um, you know NASCAR would love that. NBC would definitely love that. Uh, now I don't think you have any starts left for Ryan, and I didn't bring up his stats specifically, but Ryan did finish second in the inaugural race on the road course there in the Indianapolis GP. Um, he was running top five-ish until that final restart when he kind of gets taken out by the 16 car and A.J. Allmendinger on that kind of crazy restart into turn one that we're hoping we're not going to see anything like that when it comes to this race. So mm-hmm. Ryan has run well there in two different types of cars, in the original car before the next gen and then also in the next gen car. So he might be somebody, if you have very limited starts left, you might want to save him for somewhere like Daytona where... He can kind of consistently run up front and at least get you some stage points. Uh, but he's probably going to be somebody I'd at least either start or have in my garage because you never know. Um, they haven't had great road course cars technically this year so far, I think across the board with Penske, because even the two-car, Cindric, with all of his sports car background, should be running better. Logano has won on a road course before, should be running better. Uh, but they've kind of struggled in that area a little bit this year. I don't know. Ryan has a pole. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to Dakota. Uh, and that was a total shocker. So, yeah. and, um, you know, last was it last year started sixth. So, you know, once again, getting the top, uh, getting that top 10 to start with and then see what you can do. Um, but this year, like I said, this year's a whole curveball. This is the third curveball. You know, it's a different generation car, new generation car. Now, no, no cautions at the, at the stage break. So, yeah, yeah we're going to really see some interesting things, uh, on Sunday. Can't wait. So, Steve, I think that pretty much wraps things up. Like I said, we said at the kind of the top of the show, only the second time ever in the three-year history, three-season history of the Team Lady podcast that we've been in the same room uh, recording this thing. So if it sounds a little bit different than it usually does, uh, we're just kind of working through some technical things. We're not necessarily set up to do this together as we normally do remotely. But um, I think it, no matter what it looks like, what it sounds like, it was fun actually be in the same room and recording together especially just you know a couple of days after we were both at the racetrack seeing this race and experiencing it in person so thanks for the hospitality and inviting us over and uh making the space in this this uh, amazing studio that you kind of have set up here i've never actually seen any of these hoods in person so it's really cool to see everything so those that have joined us throughout the show on facebook live hopefully you've enjoyed kind of seeing the expanse of steve's studio here and kind of the craft projects that he has up behind you that we will mention are not for sale they're just for fun, <laughs> fun. Um, and they make a great backdrop anytime we do record 
Um, much like that interview earlier this season that we had with Ryan Blaney, the interview earlier this season we had with uh, Mule, the Tyler spe Specialist, the interview we had earlier this season with Crew Chief Jonathan Hassler, any of the other interviews that we've had Tony, throughout the Tony, last few years. Tony, Tony Palmer, Palmer, the engineer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of those are available on our YouTube channel. Just search for Team Blaney on YouTube, and you'll get to see all those great interviews with members of the team, all the way to the driver, Ryan Blaney. So, thank you everyone once again for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, just listen to our very first episode that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter, X at Team Blaney, you know, Instagram and TikTok at Team.Blaney. And give us an update on the on uh, the TikTok. How are things going over there? Yeah, we're starting to gain some followers. Um, we, you know, we're doing the Facebook Live version tonight, um, yeah, like I said, but um, we'd like to do... TikTok live one of these times on something like this or at a track. So we need to get to a thousand followers still. We're working on it. Uh, but if you have TikTok, go to Team Blaney on TikTok and follow us. And like I said, at least once a week I'll try to come out with something uh, that'll be like for the preview of the of the podcast. I've got a couple of videos saved right now. I'm going to see what I can put together by tomorrow morning. Um, so yeah, you know, make sure you check out the TikTok. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization, established in 2018, supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers and events and membership in the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on any of their very active social media channels. So, for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.